Welcome to the Matter Leadership Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Dan. We believe leadership really matters. And this podcast is meant to inspire the next generation of leaders and to be a resource for people who are currently in positions of leadership. Today's guest is Nick Hart. Nick is the executive director and founder of Flow Loves You, a foundation based in Santa Cruz, California. Flow is an organization that is dedicated to providing support for the teens of Santa Cruz through music, skating, BMX, surfing, and so much more. Side note, Dan had to take this interview solo because my power went out. And I got to say, Dan, you did a great job. Thanks, Travis. It means a lot coming from the other host of this podcast. Hey, Travis loves you, and so does Flo. Let's get to the interview. Good morning, Nick. How are you? I guess we already talked offline, but let's pretend this is the first time. How are you? Yeah. Hey, dude. Nice to see you, even though you know they can only hear me. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm doing okay. good. Well, I would love to talk to you today about everything you do with Flow Loves You. But before we get to that, let's start with high school. You, you and I like crossed paths a little bit in high school. I would love to know specifically, like, what were what were some of your passions in high school, and then what's the way you are most similar to high school you now, and most different from high school you now? Yeah, it's I work with high schoolers, so I get to think about that a lot. You know, I think about like what I was like in high school. And, and still laugh at so many of the things that I was passionate about in high school that have not changed that I assumed when I was in high school, like, oh, eventually, like, I'll get to an age where like this, I, I will grow out of liking, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'll grow out of liking things with wheels. I'll grow out of liking, you know, punk rock and hardcore music. I'll grow out of liking, you know, and uh, it's funny because I... Uh, I still love skateboarding. I still love riding a 20 inch BMX bike. Like it hurts way more now. Um, but I still <laughs> love doing that. School was challenging for me because I just wanted to play. I wanted to be outside all of the time. I still, to this day, you know, now I'm a father of four and, uh, my wife and I, we just love being outside. And like, that's just something that has not changed at all. School was a challenge for me. So like academically, like the academic side of school was not my favorite. However, where I've changed a lot is realizing how much I actually enjoy being a learner. I didn't realize at the time that I enjoyed being a learner because of the ugly narrative that I had about myself in high school. I was in a lot of the resource classes and the special ed classes and though those were a total lifesaver for me, because of the setting, I adopted a narrative that I was somehow less than other students, you know, academically slower or, or whatever, you know, didn't ever really give myself the chance to know that I was even a, a lover of learning. So yeah, that part has definitely changed. So often, well, I don't know if so often, but I'm a high school teacher and there's like so there's so much of high school that I would never want to do again, but there's so much of high school that I blew off or didn't take seriously that I'm like, man, I would love to I would love to sit in a Spanish class right now and just have my life just be about learning Spanish. Like, I don't know, there's there's those little things. So I can totally relate to that. Like, I was an okay student, but I was like, I don't know, there's so many things I didn't take seriously that not that I would miss maybe make take it more seriously now, but I would definitely be more like engaged than I was. Like I was like, get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you have an organization called organization. Is that too strong of a word, by the way? No, I don't think so. That sounds so formal. I mean, it's uh, it it it's gonna it makes what I'm about to say sound way more professional than it actually. Oh yeah, we're is. using so it. We're go, sticking with it. Let's go with organization. You have a professional organization called Flow Loves You. I like and, that. Thanks for yeah, the upgrade. Your social media is awesome, and it is so appealing. Like, if I was a, a teen, I would be like, "Dude, let me be, let me be a part of that." So, tell us a little bit about Flow, why you got it started, what it's all about, and maybe even a little bit about the the day to day in terms of your job and your role with Flow. Certainly, yeah. Um, well, there would be no Flow if I didn't have the youth ministry experience that I had growing up, whether as a middle schooler or a high schooler, even into my, you know, younger adult years, uh, as a being a volunteer and a youth pastor, I've been a youth pastor for 20 plus years. And it was actually when I was in high school, where I talked a little bit a couple minutes ago about like, you know, kind of an ugly narrative. When I was in high school, my narrative shifted from kind of wanting to just learn something, learn a life skill that I could do for the rest of my life in a really short period of time. And then just like get out of the way of all of like the smart creative types. Um, it was a really terrible, you know, narrative that I was like selling myself short and, and, and believing deeply for a long time. And when I was 17 years old, my youth pastor gave me the opportunity to like speak and share my story and whatnot. And it was kind of like game over at that point. It was the first time in my life feeling like I want to do this, whatever this is. And the, this that I was experiencing was this adult adding value to my life, no strings attached. They just want to help me succeed and believe in myself and in turn add value to others around, you know, like better the landscape. So had I not had that experience, there would be no flow. So kind of the origins of it started with me in middle school, high school, and then kind of realizing that I never really want to grow up and that's okay. <laughs> like I'm going to get older and wiser and whatnot and accrue more responsibility and, and this and that. But at the end of the day, having fun is wired in me. And with that, we live in a society where a lot of kids uh, don't get to have a lot of fun or, uh, or it's, a, it's a chaotic fun or it's a fun where the, the culture isn't necessarily defined uh, in a safe manner. And so um, Flow started because we had a dream to be a kind of a different kind of youth ministry, uh, be a place for kids that had no place to go. Um, so we started Flow in 2010 as a safe space after school program in a public school in Santa Cruz, California, which to be a youth pastor welcomed onto a public school campus in Santa Cruz is like absolutely unheard of. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound common. <laughs> it's, it's not common at all. And my wife would roll her eyes and be like, well, it's because it's you and everybody likes you. Whereas part of that is true. The other part is just unbelievable, like a, just a miracle, man. Like we were supposed to be there for that specific time. Uh, mind you, we were only there for one year because the second year they couldn't host us because there were so many kids coming to it. They're like, we don't have the infrastructure to like host this thing. That's going well for you, but for us, it's causing a lot of problems. So it was it was kind of a, a fun problem to have. Um, so what started out as this fun, something fun to do after school in this cafeteria really became this foundation for and platform for us to jump off of. We realized 
kids really are just looking for something to do immediately after school, not later, not like, oh, come back to, but, oh, here's a, a group of trustworthy adults meeting us where we're at and at the time stoking us out and having fun. That has morphed significantly over the years from a large after-school program to an even larger and more complex uh, after-school program that incorporated action sports, skateboarding, BMX, surfing, martial arts, uh, video gaming, makers clubbing, and this amazing local church by the name of Hope Church partnered with us. We're like, we love what you're doing. We don't have the bandwidth to do what you're doing, but we have the space. Would you like to use our space? And so from there, we were able to launch this amazing, amazing program where we're meet, reaching literally hundreds of kids on a weekly basis. And our location couldn't have been more perfect. It was like smack dab in the middle of like a high school and a middle school. And then Santa Cruz isn't that big. So you had kids from other high schools and middle schools coming as well. It's fantastic. And so from the stuff that we do uh, on the outs with our after-school programs morphed even more to our friends on the inside, like inside Juvenile Hall, where our work inside Juvenile Hall started was me driving up to Mount Hermon Christian Conference Center and speaking at these camps and passing by this juvenile detention center all the time. And the more I passed by it, the more I was just like, my heart would kind of ache for this like thousand yards that was their like fence line. And I just started praying, to be honest, like what? Like my heart breaks for the kids that are in there and they're in there for, you know, for good reasons. However, my heart still breaks. Like God, because one of the things that I do is with, with pain and whatnot, I'll turn to God. Like, God, what should I do with this pain? How should I respond to this? How am I kind of hardwired to respond to this? And so um, it kind of responded with the crazy idea of what if we were somehow able to bring what we do on the outside inside through uh, some hard conversations and some miraculous open doors, we're given that opportunity to uh, bring in skateboarding and BMX um, and some like one-on-one mentoring type programs inside juvenile hall, along with some church services on Sunday nights. So can I pause you right there? I would love to, we've had a bunch of people on this podcast and never once has anyone like every, I, I would say the focus for most of our people who are working with teens are definitely kids who are on a leadership college trajectory. And it, I guess my question is like, what do people get wrong about, or what, what's a misconception about kids in juvenile hall? And where, what have you even learned working with those kids? Cause that, that to me is incredible that I love the idea of juvenile hall as like a, a rehabilitation center rather than just like a, a place where we just ostracize people forever. And we all make mistakes and granted some of those are much, much have much more gravity to them than others. But at the same time, like what has that been like working with them? What's a misconception? One of the misconceptions is that the kids that are in there are monsters. The kids that are in there had the same exact choices that everybody else has had or that they're not smart (laughs) or that they don't have goals or that they, at the end of the day, aren't still kids because they are. And some of the most life-changing experiences of my life have been around a bicycle and a skateboard inside a jail. Do you, do you have like a specific story of that? Okay. So, um, 
this was a, this was amazing. We're up there, uh, me and my buddy Joe Gruber, a number of years ago, and uh, we're doing this skate and BMX program in there, which we get, which they would get PE credit for. It was a behavioral incentive program, so like if you're doing good, um, you can participate in the program kind of thing. Sponsored by Vans and like all these pad companies and independent trucks and NHS and like it was like well like well set up. We weren't just like bringing in crappy skateboards. Like we were giving these kids brand new boards like they couldn't have and keep but like you get to use this for this next hour that you're here skating and riding it's it was, it was sick and a handful of times the professionals so like the on-site docs would come out and the psychologists so we originally started this with the kids in mind hey let's go out there stoke out the kids help kids remember how to be kids again and that was it one of the things that was fascinating was when these on-site docs would come out and their jaws would be on the floor and they were just making connections. I didn't know that that kid skated. I didn't know that that kid was talented like that. I have never seen that kid smile. This is exactly, hearing this from these professionals was like the biggest stoke ever. This is exactly what these students need right here, right now. You have no idea how much value this is adding to them and in turn to us as we you know, kind of move forward in the process for a lot of times, it's these, it's kids' first time to for life to slow down enough to even think about how wild and crazy and hectic life actually is. So it's just amazing. Like nothing's wasted in the entire process. Like these do on-site docs aren't just like watching kids skate and like waiting for their session to start with them to like pull them out of the skate session. For lack of a better word, collecting you know data of like wow, this is actually a really cool connecting point because I used to skate. Like now we have that kind of relational bridge and connection that on like a professional, like adult to adult investing in kids was amazing. Absolutely amazing. But just from, yeah, hearing, hearing kids talk about how a skateboard changed their life or somebody caring enough to bring in bikes and teach them how to grind and ride a bike well inside juvenile hall was like, it, it's a, it's a gift, man. They're like silly gifts that I'm just super stoked to be a part of. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. I, th I think there's something about, and, and granted, I haven't done much prison ministry type work, but just seeing people just for a moment out of their element or in maybe in their element in this case, but like taking them out of their situation mentally and just what that opens up people to. I, I've seen that so often with students to to get them doing something else like active. And then that opens up conversations and just be able to see a, a different side of them. It's, it's always an incredible thing. You started in 2010, it's 2021 in your mind, or like if you, if you had like your perfect vision of what it would look like over the next five to 10 years, what would be the, the next evolution in, in what you're doing with flow? Yeah. So we've gone from having no space to having a space to recreating and redefining our spaces. Right. And that's been part of the blessing uh, with through COVID is like, okay, this is an opportunity to get really, really creative. And for us here in Santa Cruz County, instead of trying to hit the big target, that was like, this is okay. And this is not okay. Kind of thing. We decided to just like redefine the targets and hit those really, really well. So we started these uh, after-school pods, action sports, action sports and adventure pods. We have like, we still have skating and BMX. We still have surfing. We have a sailing program now. And 
there are these little pods that, that gather throughout the week. And is it's fascinating because we didn't plan on this to be like such a, a valuable shift, but it has truly been a valuable shift. When we had our after-school program and hundreds of students were coming in through the week, it was, I'll be completely honest, easily marketable. You take a photo of a whole bunch of middle school and high school students having a good time and not on devices. And they're like actually doing analog things. People are like, oh my gosh, you're, 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 you're changing lives. This is incredible. Yeah, kids like, see that every- and they're like, I want to be a part of it. Adults see it and they're like, they, they're not on their phones. <laughs> and those adults look relatively yes. safe. Go. And I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from that at all. However, um, when you have that many students and even a staff of 15 to 25 adults, the depth and like the intentional focus that you can give in those open hours is only so much. So now we've shifted to much smaller settings, smaller groups, and the investment level is like so much deeper. Relationships can be invested in and like and so much more intentionally. So that's just been a huge, huge gift. With that, we're wanting to build essentially onto that, build onto those, those, those mentoring type relationships that we are getting to have through these action sports and adventure pods. One of the big dreams that we're working on right now is to one, replicate in other spaces, other cities, other towns, and eventually to have like a storefront that would be an adaptive skate park for our special needs friends. That's something that I'm super, super passionate about and want to see to completion where we have a flow headquarters that is staffed by current or ex-flow students and helping our special needs friends in this adaptive skate park. But it'd be also an indoor skate park that's sick enough that like the local shredder is going to want to come and session it too. But it's geared for our special needs friends who don't necessarily have access to all of the parks and things that folks who don't have those that those specific gift settings access to what i think is amazing about what you're doing with flow is like you're kind of going the the whole gamut like i think often i'll speak from like a public school standpoint you kind of aim for the middle you're like how can we how can we it's almost like a broadcast like comedy like how can we reach the most audience we're not trying to get the niche audiences on both sides we're just trying to hit that middle like a, like an avengers or a marvel movie but I, I feel like what you're doing is like, how do we hit the, I, I'm, I'm like switching analogies so quickly, but how do we hit that, that center? But how do we also hit the extremes on both sides? Like, how do we hit, like you said, the professional skateboarder who could use that, the facility, but also someone with special needs who could come. How do we hit the, the public school student who just needs a place after school? Or how do we find the kid who's in juvenile hall and go to them? And I think that's so amazing because I think so often that, like especially from a public school standpoint it's like one or the other like with this program often it's not even intentional but often what happens it's like either this or that and I think that's so amazing just hearing everything you're saying it's so encouraging to me because knowing like I'm doing what I can in my high school setting and so many teachers I'll speak from a teacher standpoint are doing what they can but knowing that there's programs like yours out there that are like partnering together and saying, Hey, you do your thing. We'll do our thing. And together we're going to, we're going to make impact. This is so amazing. Um, we like to, to end our interviews with one question that matters and some questions that don't matter. 
Our question that matters is what does leadership mean to you? But before we get to that, I'm going to rapid fire throw some questions that don't matter at you. You ready for that? Okay, let's do it. All right. So we've talked a lot about extreme sports, skating. I don't even know if you call them extreme sports, but skating, we have BMX, even sailing. My dad's a, a sailor, loves sailing. But in your opinion, what is what is the least extreme sport? Uh, that that um, that speed walking thing in the <laughs> Olympics that looks like everybody just has to go to the bathroom really, really bad. Yeah, like that yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody that walks in that like looks like they have some sort of like walking challenges. Yes. Like, that's the form. <laughs> I mean, the form. it is, it is the upper body and the, the lower half. It feel like, it feel like they're on different pages. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not right. It's, it's not, it's yeah. Not extreme. Okay. I'll, I'll take it. That's a very acceptable <laughs> answer. All right. You have a lot of tattoos. People can't see it, but you have a bunch. What's uh? what's, I don't know. Favorite tattoo is the right, right word, but what's like a, if you were to show your tattoos to someone, what would be the first tattoo you'd show? What's like a short story behind it? I always show them my, my, uh, wedding ring, my wedding finger. It's uh it's not a wedding ring, but it's my wife's name spelled down my finger. I know you can see it down my, how, yeah. do you know how many you have? Do you know how many tattoos you have at this point? You know, I, I don't, it's kind of like one, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I kind of have one. I'll tell you, I do have a Bart Simpson tattoo. I have a, uh, hot dog, uh, long border tattoo. It's a hot dog man standing next to a longboard surfboard. Um, that makes sense. I've got a nickel root beer tattoo. And then I have some like really significant ones. So, yeah. I mean, all, all that. That's not a significant hot dog guy. I like that. If you could start flow in any city, where would you start it? You mentioned like expanding it. What would be like a dream place? Oh, dream place. Dude, honestly, um, west side of uh, Maui. Oh, man. I've yeah. always had I've always had a heart for the local Groms, uh, on the West side of Maui always have, uh, probably always will would love to start a flow over there. Lahaina town. I already, I already have a spot in mind. Talk about like, I, it's actually something that I think about pretty regularly once a week, at least I'm I'm glad make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. But then honestly up and up and down the West coast, man, like I want to see one in Portland. I want to see one down in Southern California and and they would look different, you know, given the city because each city is going to have their own language. So like, it's going to need to look different. And what's crazy, I guess crazy might be the wrong word, but I'll say miraculous or crazy is you were able to pull this off in Santa Cruz, which tells me you could pull it off in Portland. You know what I mean? That every place has their own challenges, but I, I think Santa Cruz, I'm very familiar with it and it's miraculous. You were in the public school, you did all those things. Okay, this last question is more of an homage, homage to Travis. He couldn't be here to due to some technical difficulties, but he loves a good name question. Your last name is Hart. If you could change your last name to any other organ, what would it be? Oh, um, throat. <laughs> That's a good hardcore name. Nick. Yeah. Throat. <laughs> yeah. Nick throat. <laughs> I was going to go Nick, Nick kidney, Nicky kidney. I don't know. Nicky but Nick kidney throat's pretty cool. good. Nick, Nick throat, man. I don't know. Throat's just kind of a cool word. No, it's super cool. Um, yeah. I feel it. <laughs> no one has ever, no one has ever asked me that question before. Well, I, I think Travis would be honored because that's his favorite type of question. And being being a you know a, a speaker at middle school camps, like you 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 get you think all you'd hear that questions. You'd think you'd hear that, but never have I heard that question. So thanks for that. Hey, shout out to Trav. All right, last question is that question that we say does matter, and that is, what does leadership mean to you? 
I, I hate to sound cliche. I feel like this is being thrown around a lot right now, especially it's easily marketable, but leadership to me looks like showing up and being vulnerable. I know that's like a hot word right now. Lots of people are like, they really need to cash onto this whole like vulnerable movement, but it's real. <laughs> it's real. Like being vulnerable, showing up and, and serving. That's been my heart all along. It's been the heart of flow and the origin of flow from the, from, yeah, from the beginning. That's what it's been is showing up, serving and being vulnerable. I think that's what's so cool about what you're doing with flow is often with that, like you use the word cliche, but with the cliche of being vulnerable or, or showing up, it's often adults telling kids, Hey, show up over here where I'm at rather than going to them and doing what they're doing. And that's what I guess has drawn me to, to what you are doing with, with flow is that it's very clear and it is very Santa Cruz. Like, Hey, this is what the kids are into. And maybe some kids are, aren't even, they don't, they don't even have the skills, but they like, I, I grew up liking skateboarding, but I was so bad at it. Like I couldn't even do it, but to have a program where I, I think that culture is appealing and to have kids where it's like, Hey, come over here. We'll show you if you're interested is so cool. And going back to what you said with in, in juvenile hall, having the, the doctors and the professionals looking and being like, man, I've never seen kids open up like this. I think you have to meet them where they're at. And it's so incredible to see how you're doing that. So I greatly appreciate your time. And Trav's going to be bummed that he isn't here, but super excited to see what, what you have coming up. And I want to come down to Santa Cruz and check it out in person. Thank you, my dude. Please do. It'd be rad. Love you, to. Need to, you, need to, you need to come down on one of our uh, first Friday nights where we turn our headquarters into an all-age venue. And I have like oh, bands yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Dude, is Nikki Throat going to make a... Nikki, Nick Throat might make, <laughs> might make make an appearance. I'm in. I typically, I'm in. I, typically make, I typically make an appearance at least once one, once per show in the mosh pit. Just to you Dude, know, I love it. Show the kids what's up. Cool. <laughs> I want to see Nick throw. Make show it the happen. kids the show the kids the importance of stretching when you're forty. Yeah, I was just saying. Then you have to ice the next day. Saturday is just an ice and rehab day. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, cool, bud. I really appreciate your time and best of luck to everything. And hopefully, uh, West Maui happens sooner than later. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Debo, I know I said it at the beginning, but you really did a great job with this interview. I appreciate that, Trav. Uh, you've had to fly solo before, so I got to spread my little wings and hop out of the nest today, and I didn't hit the ground. Are you are you ready for some, some honest truth, though? Yes. Uh, my power actually didn't go out. I just wanted you to fly <laughs> solo. <laughs> oh, man. Nick's going to be hurt to hear that. He was excited to meet you. I'm, I'm just kidding. It really, it really did go out. I was going to go with the bird analogy. You pushed me out of the nest, which is sometimes what a mother bird has to do. Yeah, and you, you flew, buddy. You flew high. Are you going to chew my food up for me today during lunch? <laughs> sure. Um, but before I do that, I'd love to hear your take on the interview, and then I'd love to share some of my thoughts, too. Yeah. First of all, I've known Nick for, like, uh, if there was a Venn diagram of our friends in high school, like, there's there's a pretty big center of that Venn diagram. But anyway, he's he's such a, like, a word I would use for him is, it's a fun word to use for someone, and it's earnest and sincere. He's just a very, like... When you're talking to him, you can tell he's not only passionate about what he's talking about, he just he cares about the people he's talking about talking to. In this case it was me. And he cares about what he's talking about. And man, it, it's so inspirational. One of the things that I mentioned to him, obviously, in the podcast was we talk a lot about 
a certain type of kid, I feel like in this podcast, like the the type of student who does want to be a leader or working with students who are really motivated. I mean, those are the types of kids often we find ourselves working with in leadership, not so much as like a, a general ed teacher, but just specifically with leadership kids. And what I thought was so cool is he ta- chatted about his time working with students in juvenile detention facilities and like specifically targeting kids like that who who have no place else to turn or no nowhere else to turn and and the work that flow has been doing with those kids super inspirational for me and it just got me to thinking or got me thinking about like not necessarily to the extreme of juvenile hall but like who are some kids on my campus that maybe i'm underestimating or for our leadership program as a whole where some areas that we could focus on more so i don't know that was that was really cool really really inspirational and very clear to me that this isn't just a job for him, but it's something he's passionate about. What what stood out to you? Yeah, I like what you had to say. And for me, I love how he really challenged the narrative that he told himself in high school in order to become who he is today. And I think that is something that has rang true in my own life, but certainly for many of our kids where they're kind of presented with this idea of what an ideal student looks like. And if they don't fit within that mold, then I think they have this narrative that they're less than, which is what Nick was sharing about. But through the experiences that he had and how he's chosen to make an impact in the lives of other people in his life, he's really changed that narrative to recognize that he, he can make an impact and he does bring value to the table um, and was able to kind of, yeah, reshape that. And I think that that's going to be something really valuable for our listeners to hear. I know it was valuable um, for me to hear as well. And so to all of our listeners out there, just like me, I felt like I was, I was one of the listeners on this episode. We hope you enjoyed our interview and we want to give a huge shout out to Nick and Flo Loves You uh, for taking time to chat with us today. We've put some links and resources in our show notes um, where you can find Nick and find out more about Flo Loves You. You hesitated, but we did do that. You, you, you hesitated as though maybe we didn't, but I just want to assure you, they're there, buddy. They are. M- well, I, I, I couldn't remember what we call our show notes but they're show notes. Yeah, that's what we call them. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't coin that. You know that, right? No, I know, but I couldn't remember the name of it, that stuff, the, the little things that we put. I couldn't remember it. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But hey, uh, hit us up on, on the Instagrams or the, uh, that's the only other spot, other than matterleadership.com. Hey, you know what you didn't do this time that I liked was our outro transition song. Dang yeah, it. you'll have to come back to that. Okay, next time. Bye.